0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. More on the addition of Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. We're going to talk about it with John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners, to find out what the Oklahoma fans think about the move. Also, we will go around the conference Very busy weekend for recruiting across the SEC. And who does Phil Steele have winning it all this year? Not a team from the SEC. We'll tell you who that is. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You get the latest episode of this show as soon as it comes out each and every day. And a reminder to check out some of our other great shows across the Locked On Podcast Network like Locked On. Uh Alabama, locked on LSU, locked on Vols, all the great SEC schools, including Locked On Sooners, where we will have our guest today, John Williams. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference.
1: Boots out to the right. The
0: what a catch. Around the conference. Will Alabama or a team from the SEC win it all again this year? Will college football expert Phil Steele is not predicting it. He does have the Crimson Tide making the college football playoff, but Steele recently joined ESPN Denver for a preseason college football show and he was asked about his playoff picks. Steele is predicting Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, and Ohio State to make the playoff this year. So who does he see winning it all? How about a future SEC member? Steele said, I actually like Oklahoma to win it all this year. He said, I think when you look at the Big Four, the other three teams, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, all had some significant losses to the NFL draft. All of, all of them lost their quarterback, and when you look at Oklahoma, they're a team that has a veteran quarterback in Spencer Rattler. said so they got Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, Marcus Major at running back, a loaded receiving core, and my number one rated offensive line in the country, so that's Phil Steele going with Oklahoma out of the Big 12 to win the national championship in probably their last year in the Big 12. In other SEC news, a former Georgia staffer is joining Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M program, 24-7 Sports, reporting that Bryant Gross Armiento updated his Twitter page to show he is now a defensive assistant for the Aggies. He was a quality control assistant with the defense at Georgia. On his LinkedIn page, he lists his role at both Georgia and A&M as assistant DBs and safeties coach. A 24-7 art, sports article mentions that Gross Armiento could be helpful in a pursuit of five-star defensive lineman Shamar Stewart. Gross Armiento is from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, not far from Stewart's hometown in Miami-Dade County. Stewart is currently un- uncommitted. He's rated right the number nine player overall in the class of 2022. And Stewart reportedly attended Texas a and on Saturday at their recruiting pool party. So, not a bad guess that bringing him on board, to go after a top 10 recruit. In recruiting news, Arkansas, they landed a commitment from the state of Texas in 2022 linebacker Jordan Crook. He's 6 foot tall, 225 pounds, announced his commitment on Saturday. After an unofficial visit to Fayetteville, he is a three-star prospect on 24-7 sports. Originally committed to Oklahoma State, but backed off that pledge. He is now uh, going to Arkansas, the number 57 rated linebacker in the country. And a good pickup for the Razorbacks as their 2022 class ranking went from number 21 to number 17 in the nation, passing Missouri to pick uh, pick up the number six spot in the SEC. Dane Shore, a six foot six, 295 pound four star offensive lineman, announced his commitment to Alabama. He reportedly had over 35 offers. Announced his commitment on YouTube and on social media. He's from the state of Georgia. Rated the number 38 offensive tackle and the number 36 player in the state of Georgia. He's the 14th commitment for the Tides, class of 2022. He's the second offensive line commitment in Batman's 2022 class, joining four-star tackle Tyler Booker, who committed earlier this month. Doug Marone, the O-line coach, a big selling point for Shore's decision. Tennessee Vols, they're hot on the recruiting trail, picking up their latest commitment from the state of Kentucky. And Caleb Perry, class of 2022 linebacker, Announced his commitment on Saturday afternoon. He picked the balls over the likes of Kentucky, Cincinnati, and Purdue. Gives Tennessee their 12th commitment for the class of 2022. He's 6'3", 215 pounds, the number 8 player from the state of Kentucky and the number 80 linebacker in the country. Kentucky, they lost a member of their 2022 recruiting class on Sunday when cornerback Jeremiah Caldwell announced he will go in a different direction. He's 6'2", 177 pounds, out of the state of Michigan. It was unclear if it was related, but when Caldwell committed in January, his primary recruiter was Steve Klinkscale, who has since left Kentucky for Michigan. Caldwell is a three-star recruit, has an offer for Michigan in recent months, and we'll see if that's where he ends up. Over at Auburn, they added one of the top ten in-state recruits to their 2022 recruiting class, defensive lineman Caden Storey announced his pledge to Auburn on Saturday. Started being recruited by Auburn under Gus Melzahn. Continued on with the new staff, Brian Harson. Caden's brother is Alabama defensive back Christian Story. So the Iron Bowl could be very interesting if Caden's story sticks with Auburn. But he's 6'4", 264 pounds, number 30 defensive lineman in the class of 2022. Auburn's 2022 class now up to eight verbal commitments. Mike Leach of Mississippi State got some good news on Friday night when in-state athlete R.J. Moss announced his commitment to the Bulldogs. He's out of the Biloxi area. He lists tight end and defensive end as his positions on Twitter, but 24-7 sports rates him as a three-star defensive lineman, 6'3", 245 pounds. LSU Friday afternoon, they picked up a commitment from offensive lineman Emery Jones out of the Baton Rouge area. Six foot four, three hundred forty pounds, rated a four star, the number nine interior offensive lineman in the country, number thirteen uh, Louisiana recruit in the twenty twenty two class. So a big commitment there for Coach O and his crew. Over at Florida, they picked up a four star in state prospect in twenty twenty two running back Terrence Gibbs. Gibbs made the announcement while on Florida's campus for a Friday Night Lights recruiting event. Six foot tall, one hundred ninety pounds. Number 17 running back in the country could be the first running back out of high school signed with Florida since Naquan Wright did it back in 2019. The Gators added Lorenzo Lingard and Demarcus Bowman via the transfer portal in the past two years. And lastly, in recruiting news: Vanderbilt they added a uh, running back in the 2022 class in Chase Gillespie, five foot nine, 180 pounds, scat back, three star prospect. Rated the number 82 running back in the country. Vandy jumps up one spot in the composite rankings, leapfrogging USC to move from number 32 to number 31. Vanderbilt looking for a shifty back to pair with Maurice Edwards in their 2022 class of running backs. Another SEC news LSU quarterback Miles Brennan continues to take advantage of the NIL deals. He picked up a commitment from, or rather a uh, deal with Hollingsworth, Richard Ford dealership in Baton Rouge tweeted out a video of the new truck that he got from them pair that with his Raising Canes and Smoothie King endorsements Brennan picking up the deals left and right he's entering his fifth season at LSU heads into fall camp still battling with Jim Max Johnson for the starting job over in Knoxville Vols tight end Austin Pope has decided to end his career instead of playing a sixth season at Tennessee confirmed to multiple media outlets he has decided to hang up his cleats after dealing with a herniated disc. He had procedures in 2018 and 2020, missed all of last season. He appeared in 33 games with the Vols, primarily a blocking tight end, but uh, he will call it a career for the Volunteers. And lastly, the surprising development over at Vanderbilt. As Kumar Rocker did not sign with the New York Mets over the weekend. The Mets will now get the 11th overall pick in the 2022 MLB draft as compensation. Rocker will forego returning to Vanderbilt to begin his co- uh, pro career according to Jeff Passan. He's now draft eligible for 2022. Uh, Rocker's coming off a standout junior season, made first team All-SEC this year. More details to come on what happens with Rocker. Some people believing uh, he couldn't go back to Vandy, but don't know if that'll happen. We'll see how that all plays out when we return. We're going to catch up with our buddy John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners. We're going to talk all things Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. It became official on on Friday. Discuss that next need to remind you about our friends over at Built Bar, giving you the freedom of choice and celebrating it. Did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, whether it's the coconut, the cherry barcia, the raspberry, the mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. There is something for everybody. I tell you guys all the time, the mint brownie is my favorite. I always tell you, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you get a mixed box where you will get two of each of the nine flavors. You can find which one you like best. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they are healthy as well. 17 to 18 grams of protein packed in there. Calories from 130 to 180. Only 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. You can't go wrong. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. And the best part, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that cool with the Olympics going on? Go to Bilt.com, use our promo code LOCKED. 15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Check them out today. Rolling along here, Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. And the big news, that's basically taken the college football world by storm for the past Oh, two weeks about is Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC? And man, oh man, did this thing happen and happened very quickly. Came down to just last week. Texas and Oklahoma both officially sent in their letters of application. The SEC considered it. They got together, they voted and voted 14 nothing to approve it and uh, sent it back to Texas and Oklahoma. And Texas and Oklahoma both said, We accept. So Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. The question is when. We know the earliest will be 2025, or rather the latest will be 2025. It will probably happen sooner than that. Joining us to talk all about it is everybody, John Williams, host of Locked on Sooners. John, when you first heard the news, what was your reaction that uh, Oklahoma to the SEC?
1: It was pretty crazy. I was at work, just kind of scrolling through the the Twitter timeline like you do, and saw that news pop up. and I'm thinking, what? Where did this come from? This is out of nowhere, and I was just shocked. It was like you know every breaking news story that you could think of, where you're just you continue scrolling, looking for the reactions, and just seeing what people are saying about this, trying to find as much information as you possibly can. But you're absolutely right. It, it was something that it came as a surprise, and then Moved very very fast. It, it's crazy to think that was just what nine ten days ago now, where we first heard the report out of the Houston Chronicle, and now Oklahoma and Texas are going to be headed to the SEC at some point in the next few
0: years. <laughs> the crazy thing to me, John, is that uh, that you know, like we were all in the dark on this. Obviously, you know, when you look at the the landscape of. Uh, who knew about this? And you know, obviously, the report comes out that Oklahoma and Texas maybe reached out a year ago to the SEC, and so you know, all the important people in the know, the discussions have been been made, and all that. But what's been the reaction so far that you've garnered from Oklahoma fans? Are they excited about it? Or are they happy? Or what's their reaction?
1: I would say most people are pretty excited for the new challenge. I would say the people that are concerned about it are concerned about. Oklahoma's potential playoff positioning in the future and I've tried to really calm people's nerves about it especially as we look to a 12 team playoff it looks like it's in the worst and it's going to be coming in the next few years I think people don't realize that the SEC has had four top 10 teams in most of the final top 25 polls over the last several years and so even if you're the third best team in the SEC you're the second in the west or the east division there's a really good chance you're still going to be securing one of those at-large berths in a 12-team playoff. But I think overall, most people are pretty excited about the challenge. I think, you know, I, I look at it and I think how fun is it going to be when you get that first schedule, that first SEC conference schedule, and you see the teams that are going to be littered on that schedule. It's going to look like you're playing a complete non-conference schedule. It's going to it's going to look like a Notre Dame schedule, to be honest, where you're going to have an <laughs> Alabama, an Auburn, or an LSU, and a Texas. I mean, Oklahoma schedule is going to be a, a who's who. And that's just a lot of fun. Is it more challenging? Absolutely. There's not going to be as many gimmies on the schedule. But it's just going to be a lot of fun for football fans, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun for even the non-SEC fans. It's going to be must-see TV, and that's really what the SEC and the
0: networks are banking on down the road. Yeah, you know, there's no Kansases or, or Kansas States or Baylor's or teams like that 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 you know Oklahoma's just kind of had their way with in recent years. So obviously a step up in competition. But I gotta go, John, and look at at least recent history on on what Oklahoma has done because obviously you guys have seen a lot of SEC teams, particularly in the playoff since that's been a thing. And you know I go back to at least let's just go back to obviously the Sugar Bowl in 2017. You beat Auburn uh, 35 to 19, took advantage of them, and then. This past year in the Cotton Bowl, just beat Florida, albeit it was a depleted Florida team. Kyle Trask played, but basically nobody else did. But you beat them 55-20. to But I can't get over 2017, 2018, and 2019 the losses to Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. And the big big glaring thing that I look at in all those situations, John, is Oklahoma gave up a ton of points. I mean, they gave up 54 points to Georgia, 45 to Alabama, and then 63 to LSU – does Oklahoma almost need to change their approach coming to the SEC, particularly to get the defense on par with playing in the SEC? Well, they're on that road. I think we've seen over the
1: last couple of years, especially the last half of last year, that they're a team that can win a game defensively. They their offense wasn't as good as the Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts offenses of the past. Spencer Rattler was good, and he he played really really well in twenty twenty. But he didn't play to the same level that those Heisman final and Heisman trophy winners played to. Now, yeah, those playoff losses are absolutely concerning. The Georgia loss was really, really frustrating because that was a game that Oklahoma was ahead in and ahead in the second half and kind of let it slip away. The Alabama game, they just didn't get into it quick enough. And then the LSU game, I mean, they ran into arguably the best offense that college football has ever seen, and part of a season that – we might ever see again in what Joe Burrow did for LSU that year. I mean, I don't think any team playing a perfect game would have been able to stop what Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins were able to do on offense that night. It was, you're just watching that game as a fan of the season, you're like, it, it doesn't matter what they try to do. LSU is just that much better than everybody. And so, I mean, it's absolutely concerning just their, their playoff success against the SEC. I think, though, we're starting to see Lincoln Riley's recruiting classes start to stock up quite a bit of talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of that credit has to go to Alex Grinch as well. And I think he's creating a defense that's going to be able to compete. He's really getting long, strong corners, defensive backs in there to be able to compete with some of the bigger wide receivers in the country. And I think that's going to serve them well. They, they're continuing to stockpile good defensive line talent. Their linebacker core is pretty deep right now and got some really good talent coming in as well. And so that's always going to be the question with Lincoln Riley teams because the offenses are going to be great. They got the number one quarterback class, uh, recruit in 2019. They got the same in 2021. The number two quarterback recruit in 2023 coming. And so he's going to continue to recruit offense. It's going to be a matter of can they sustain the defensive production that we're starting to see and we're starting to trend toward you know, a top 20 defense in the country.
0: Yeah, that's what's so interesting is the Big 12 for so many years was, you know, maybe stereotyped as an offensive league and high-flying offenses, and ironically, the SEC was known for so long, it was, you know, run the ball and play dominant defense, but man, for about the past five, six, seven years, the SEC looks more like the Big 12 with some of these shootouts that they have, and obviously the teams that have won the championships, we mentioned the Joe Burrow LSU team, the Alabama teams in recent years with... Obviously, with Tua, and now you know with them with Mac Jones last year, we'll see what they look like with Bryce Bryce Young. But it it is interesting now where the SEC is almost caught up with the Big Twelve, and man, the teams that are winning are scoring a ton of points. So I guess from that aspect, at least Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma shouldn't have any problem coming into the SEC and at least bringing the high-powered offense and scoring a lot of points.
1: Yeah, and you know in those games, especially in like the Alabama and Georgia Georgia game, they were scoring points on those vaunted SEC defenses. You know, against Alabama, it just took them a quarter and a half to get going. Against Georgia, like I said, they were in control of that game into the second half, and then again, I think some of it was Lincoln Riley got a little too conservative, and the game got away from them. But, yeah, offensively, they're going to be okay. They're going to be fine. Defensively, it's still a question mark. I think most people are excited about what the defense is going to bring this year. Can it translate to the SEC once they get into it? Because, again, it's going to be high-powered offenses week after week, uh, like we're – like we're used to seeing the Big 12, but haven't been as strong in recent years. I mean, we don't have a team like a Texas Tech of the Michael Leach days or the Cliff Kingsbury days with Patrick Mahomes right now, where they're just elite offense, kind of okay, like pretty terrible defenses. We're just not seeing that as much. It's not as deep going into 2021 as we might like to see, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think overall I'm really excited about it. Just as a football fan in general, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to getting some of those border matchups going, especially with Missouri, a team that Oklahoma's played 91 games against and has 67 wins. Uh, you know, We always talk about the Nebraska rivalry as a loss whenever conference realignment happened a decade ago. But I think Missouri was a very underrated loss in that aspect as well. And then in Texas A&M and now potentially getting to play Arkansas, a, a team that is just about an hour, hour 15 from my house. <laughs> I'll be more likely to go to, a, a, go to Fayetteville and watch Oklahoma play Arkansas there than I might be in Norman, because Norman's three hours from my house. And so it, it's, it's a lot of fun to get those border rivalries going. Obviously, it's huge that Texas and Oklahoma are doing this together
0: because it's just the rivalry, one of the best rivalries in college football. More with John Williams right after this. Bet online the fastest and easiest way for you to get in on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of it at Bet Online. Of course, we've got the uh, football season right around the corner. College football starts later this month. That's right, on the twenty eighth. You can get in on all the action, the futures bets, and everything at BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head over to their website right now. You can even do so on your mobile device. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It is BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. What are you waiting for? Go check them out right now. Continue our conversation with John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners. And, John, I want to get into a little bit on this current Oklahoma team because, man, you, you've you got a lot of familiar SEC players on this roster. We'll get into that in just a second. But I did want to touch on real quick because you guys are coming over with your Longhorn brethren. What have you heard? What's been the reaction so far from the Longhorn fans because we know the Aggies aren't happy about it, they're they're kind of saying, "All right, well, if they're coming, they're coming, but they better get ready." What have you heard so far from the Longhorn brethren, and what do the Sooner fans make of maybe being attached to hip with the Longhorns bringing them to the SEC? And like uh, you know, like we all expect, they're going to continue that rivalry game between those two.
1: Well, I think for you know, kind of ask, answer the, the second question of that, what the Oklahoma fans think about going along with Texas, I think Oklahoma fans know that. Over the last two decades, they've been the more um, consistent team on the field. You know, Oklahoma's got 14 Big 12 championships. Now, Texas has the last national championship during the Vince Young days, but Oklahoma has maintained a level of consistency on the field. They're a better on-field product right now than Texas is. Texas is the bigger brand. There's no doubt about that. I I like to liken them to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, big brand, big national recognition. The on-field success hasn't been as consistent. But with a guy like Steve Sarkeesian that they're very, very excited about, and this move to the SEC, which I think most Texas fans are excited about as well, I think it's going to be great for both schools and for both states. I think it's really important to get that Texas, Texas A&M game going again. Again, you know, for, for Oklahoma, the big loss was Nebraska. For Texas, there's was a huge loss moving Texas A&M to the SEC. I think that's a, a game that really moves the needle for the state of Texas. Even before I became – you know a big 12 fan or really a football fan i would watch those games between texas and texas a&m whether it was at kyle field or Daryl k royal i'd be watching those on saturdays because it was a huge matchup and it was something that moved the needle for everybody in the dallas fort worth metroplex where i grew up and so you didn't even have to be a fan of those two teams to know hey texas and texas a&m is on i'm gonna sit down on, on the, you know i'm gonna lay on the floor because i'm a 14 year old kid i'm gonna lay on the floor on a Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock and make sure I catch this game because it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: It is very interesting just looking at the players uh, across the Oklahoma roster and just seeing some familiar names here. Of course, you know we're locked on SEC and recognizing a lot of SEC names. So if I just threw out some of the new additions coming over from the SEC, of course, uh, projected left starting left tackle, Wanya Morris, coming in from Tennessee, Eric Gray, the running back, probably going to slide in right behind Kennedy Brooks, Trey Bradford, the LSU running back, coming in as well. And then, oh, look at receiver, it's Mike Woods, who was a stud last year for Arkansas, coming in at wide receiver. Of that whole group of guys coming in from the SEC, who do you think plays the biggest role for Oklahoma this year? Man, that's a
1: really tough question. I really have to say, I mean, It's going to be really underrated, but I'd have to say Wanya Morris. Uh, A lot of what Lincoln Riley likes to do starts with the offensive line and up front. He loves to to run that guard tackle uh, counter, and that's going to be a huge aspect of what he asks Wanya Morris to do on Saturdays because he's an athletic guy, he's a big guy, he can move, and he's going to want to get him out in space so that Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray have room to run. I think Mike Woods is probably the most underrated transfer addition. You know, what he did for Arkansas last year, he was explosive. He was dynamic down the field. And that's going to add another element to Lincoln Riley's offense. I think people are kind of sleeping on him a little bit, you know, with Marvin Mims coming back, Theo Weiss, and then the return of Jaden Hazelwood. I think people are sleeping on Mike Woods a little bit. And when they go to four wide receiver sets, you're going to see a lot of him on the outside. But I wouldn't be surprised to start to see him in a lot of 11 personnel sets as well. So, some of those guys that we're projecting as starters, but yeah, Mike Woods is a huge addition. I also think Key Lawrence could be could play a play a major role for the Oklahoma defense, and he like has that length that Alex Grinch really covets in his secondary. And he, he's going to be a guy that's going to get an opportunity. He's got good range, got good size, able to play the ball in the air, and he'll rotate in there with uh, Pat Fields and uh, Taylor and Turner Yell and an opportunity to play some defense. Alex Grinch is not shy about using a rotation in the secondary, so I think that's going to be huge. Obviously, the big name is Eric Gray. I think people are really excited about what he's going to bring to the offense, especially after a spring game where he just shook a defender out of his cleats and kind of walked right into the end zone. It was pretty impressive uh, change of direction uh, display, and uh, I think so. people are really, really excited about him. It's, it's a great group. You know, Lincoln Riley's done a really good job of adding players to the transfer portal. Obviously, there's the quarterbacks. He's also gotten you know, defensive players and running backs through the transfer portal. I think Trey Bradford, again, another underrated player, added to the uh, transfer portal, you know, especially with all the off-field things that happened to the Oklahoma running back depth charts this offseason. You know, after a couple guys got kicked off the team, they only had you know, three running backs in Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray, and Marcus Major adding Trey Bradford gives them a fourth and gives them somebody who's got some carries in college football and it gives them a really solid group uh top to bottom with those four
0: yeah I knew I was going to miss somebody you mentioned Key Lawrence the uh safety coming from Tennessee as well uh getting the triple package coming in from the Vols I know of all fans not happy about that but who knew that all those guys would be transferring to a school that uh, is joining the SEC eventually so right. um
1: well it's, it's- it's kind of ironic, too, that as soon as those three guys leave for Oklahoma, Tennessee hires Oklahoma's last national championship-winning quarterback as their head coach.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. That'll be a fun one, yeah. hypo-playing hypo Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I wrote about my like my, my ranks for the seniors Wire, like the all-15 matchups that are going to be potential matchups in the future, and I think Tennessee came in at, like, 3rd. Uh, behind Alabama and Texas and a lot of it just because of the the heat between Josh Heifel and Oklahoma.
0: Well, last thing for you, John, we're talking with John Williams, host of Locked On Sooners, of course, soon to be in the SEC. So John will probably be a regular here over the years on Locked On SEC. But uh, we we talked earlier in the first segment that Phil Steele has kind of put out his predictions for the upcoming season. He's got Alabama in the playoff, but he doesn't have them winning it. He's picking Oklahoma to win it all this year, and in particular, he's says because of Spencer Rattler, the quarterback. And watching Spencer Rattler last year, we saw some really good. We saw some bad at times, a lot of turnovers and that sort of thing. But what do you expect from this team? Is this Oklahoma team good enough to win it all?
1: On paper, they look like they are. I mean, and that's going to be the big question throughout the season. You know, they looked like they were going to be a good enough team last year, and then they had flip-ups against Kansas State and Iowa State. that really derailed their hopeful you know, championship run. But I think this is a team that's going to be better. Even though they lost Ronnie Perkins, they lost Ramondre Stevens to the NFL, they still have really, really good players. And Nick Bonito off the edge, Isaiah Thomas off the edge, their interior defensive line is going to be better with the return of, uh, you got Perry on Winfrey, you've got LaRon Stokes, you got uh, Jalen Redmond in that interior defensive line. I think that's really going to help Oklahoma if they do end up facing you know, one of these top tier teams in the college football playoff, the offensive line is going to be good because you got coach Bill Beatonbow that creates really good offensive linemen and has good chemistry with his offensive line. And then the, the thing that's really underrated about going into this season, I think is that Spencer Rattler got a full off season with his wide receiver core, working on chemistry, working on that continuity that they didn't really have an opportunity to build last year because COVID really changed the landscape and so for him, stepping in as a first-time starter, not really getting an opportunity to work full-time with his, his wide receivers, his tight ends, his running backs, his offensive line, as much as they might have in previous years, it kind of changed the game a little bit. And, yes, that was the case for every team in college football, but as a first-time starter who was breaking into new wide receivers, Marvin Mims in particular, who was a true freshman last year and led the team in receiving, I think it has an impact on it. And then going, so going into this year, now having a full off season, being more comfortable in Lincoln Riley's offense, more comfortable with his wide receivers, and I think a little bit wiser because he was making a lot of reckless decisions last year with the football. He was really willing to throw it into triple coverage at time, times. And uh, I think he learned a valuable lesson in the Texas game that he can't be loose with the football. Lincoln Riley benched him. He came back in the second half and played much smarter, much better, and that translated through the rest of the season where he was just a more a comfortable quarterback but also a smarter quarterback because he's got all the talent in the world he's got the arm he's got the the eyes he can see the field he can make all the throws And he's athletic and he's got a quick release and he's got really good footwork in the pocket he's very patient in the pocket as well he's able to move around the pocket the big issue last year was just his willingness to take chances that he probably shouldn't have taken uh, i think lincoln riley sitting him on the bench in the texas game kind of opened his eyes a little bit and made him think you know i I can make all the throws, but there are times where I don't necessarily need to try to make all the throws. I need to just take what is in front of me and what the defense is giving me sometimes.
0: Four straight Big 12 championship. Titles for Lincoln Riley, but 0-3 in the college football playoff. If they're going to win the championship this year, he's got to break through and win that big one in the playoff when it matters most. Uh, John Williams, host of Locked on Sooners. You can follow him on Twitter, at John9Williams on Twitter. John, really appreciate the time, man. I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon with uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC. Thanks for the time, man. really appreciate it.
1: Hey, it's my pleasure, and thanks for having me on. looking forward to uh, getting to know the SEC a little bit better and all those great SEC fans you hear about.
0: That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate John Williams for joining us and talk a little bit about Oklahoma and Texas coming over to the SEC. Remember to subscribe to Locked on SEC if you haven't done so yet. You can find us wherever you find your podcast. We're here for you five days a week, talking all things SEC particularly SEC football over these next couple weeks. Throughout this week, we're going to continue looking ahead, previewing the upcoming season. Connor O'Gara is going to join us. We'll preview some of the SEC season with him. Also, our buddy Brad Logan hitting on the Mississippi schools and much, much more. You definitely want to keep it locked right here to Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And a quick reminder, betting on the SEC does not have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast podcast, Hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily pits, picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow.